Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Trey Strelko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret, and welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, hello. I uh, Hello to you, Trace. It's a beautiful day. UCF football is undefeated, and maybe we're one of the top teams in the Big 12 than re- we realize. Who knows? Football is back, and we get to talk That's- about it. No more nine months of previewing. We have an actual game to discuss before we get into all of that, let us welcome in the third member of our Around the Kingdom team. He is Adam Eaton of the Sons of UCF. Adam keeps us on our toes, keeps track of the time when I don't ignore the time cues and blow right through them. Adam, hello. I moved past that, Trace. Uh, gentlemen, good evening. Uh, I do have a fun fact. I know I do fun facts at the end of the show. UCF is undefeated on weeks Around the Kingdom airs. Just something to keep in mind. <laughs> we do what we can to serve it. We try to do it as fast Thank as you. we can. The fastest Thank UCF show out there. Thank you both. 30 minutes in and out. Thank you, Adam. We'll see you in a bit. All right, Elo. UCF 56, Kent State 6. Domination from start to finish. The Knights moved to 1-0 and on the season. What did you really like? Let's begin with that. I like the fact they dominated from the get-go. They didn't mess around. They didn't let Kent State hanging. They just dominated from the get-go. My goodness, the talent just kind of took over. That was great to see. Uh, Xavier Townsend, hello. That, you got – I mean, there that – that's the beauty of it. You know, you've seen some of the results over the weekend in college football. Sometimes you could be sloppy and keep teams around. So I was very pleased that this game was pretty much over probably about five minutes into the game. Like you felt pretty comfortable. Uh, and I liked the individual performance and how they handled themselves. I liked the play calling uh, from Darren Hinshaw with the offense, even though I don't think they showed a lot. I think there's more to come. Um, I liked how the backups played and kept it going. So I that was what I liked. I know you're not a big fan of these sort of tune-up games, but scrimmage, you, need these exhibition. you need these exhibition games. You mentioned Xavier Townsend, my non-quarterback offensive MVP. That was my preseason selection. Looking good after week one. Five catches, 81 yards. He had a touchdown or another carry there or a run. Uh, they're utilizing him in many different ways, so I'm a big fan of his. Can I also mention something I liked? My defensive player of the year, consideration in Lee Hunter five solo tackles three assists he was uh, a, a giant among men on Thursday in the win over Kent State so I like that you mentioned playing time young guys getting playing time as you would expect in a game of this nature uh, Braden Marshall John Walker others 
with valuable minutes and playing time. We got to see Timmy McLean, though not as much as I would have liked to have seen at quarterback. He was three of five and limited action. Uh, but you you, gave, you saw guys get playing time, and that's the sort of thing you you want to see. And as best we know, no notable injuries uh, came out of this one. And, you know, in years past, and it happens every year, uh, someone of some importance will get injured in a, in a relatively uh, meaningless game, you know, a big blowout game from what we can tell. Uh, from what has been uh, shared, no notable injury. So I think that is uh, another good takeaway from this one. You make a great point. If you're going to schedule games like this, you want to dominate and get as many players in the game with, and then get the starters out, no injuries, That you accomplish that. Whether this means anything or not down the road, that remains to be seen. I'm not sure how much we learn about it, but it is good to get out there and get some reps you know, get your mistakes out of the way, if you will. Uh, it is. It's a scrimmage. That's what I call it. I always call these type of games a scrimmage because if you if if you see if your team that's the heavy favorite does what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to be like a scrimmage where you're able to try some things and get a lot of players uh, reps. So I think mission accomplished. Very successful. Hey, good weather too. I like that. And we got a rocket launch at the end of the game there for those who stuck around. We should not go without mentioning that John Rice Plumley threw a couple of touchdowns. Uh, he was also strong on uh, his feet, uh, running the ball. I know that may come up as a negative in about 45 though. seconds. I thought, I thought his mechanics were a lot better than we saw at any point last year as far as throwing the football, but getting some progression on his reads. Remember last year, he was just kind of one to a couple seconds and he's taking off. I did like his mechanics. You could tell that Darren Henshaw has definitely been working with him. Again, it's just Kent State. It's a scrimmage, but that was a positive that I like. Well, and the successful debuts of Darren Henshaw at offensive coordinator, Addison Williams at defensive coordinator, they've got a game under their belt in both of their respective positions. So overall, they accomplished what they needed to do after week one amongst the nation's leaders in offensive categories. And, uh, you know, they're 1-0 and to start the season. By the way, give us both that. We predicted that. We went out on a limb, Elo. We predicted win over Kent State. So that is a bold. We were bold on that. Uh, we'll see about some other predictions uh, later in the show. But, of course, you can't have a breakdown of a UCF football game without discussing some things you didn't like. Because, you know, of course you got to have some things you didn't like. A lot of people didn't like John Rice Plumlee. A couple of the turnovers. Certainly I didn't like it. I would assume you didn't like that either, Trace. What were some of the other things that you didn't like uh, there seeing it in person? Well, we can talk about those things and also as a setup of things that they're going to have to improve upon on the road at Boise State, uh, a difficult place to play for most road teams. And John Rice Plumley turned the ball over, right? Two interceptions, the fumble, and he was called out by Darren Hinshaw twice now after the game and in the Monday media availability. Head coach Gus Malzahn mentioned he cannot turn the ball over. Here's something. They, there's no way this UCF team can be 2-0 losing the turnover battle in back-to-back -back games, right? They're going to go on the road and lose the turnover battle and expect to come out of Boise with a win. So turnovers, in particular, the decision-making of John Rice Pumley. We had him in the positive category, right? There were a lot of plays that he looked good on, but he forced the two interceptions. And he's trying to make a play, and he was asked about it after the game, and he said, you know, it's just his instinct, right, that, that he wants to try and make a play, that he's a competitive guy. He's also got to be smarter than trying to force a pass and trying to get another yard. And by the way, great highlight, great photo. I don't want the quarterback 
hurtling over a Kent State defender in the first quarter in, 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 a, in a photo that, that, that goes big. You know, I, I don't want to see that. So I think him and his decision-making, still some questions we said right before the season, night and day difference. I don't know that we got the full night and day experience against Kent State. He also took a lot of hits. Darren Hinshaw at media day uh, preseason said that he tracked all those hits, a lot of hits on John Rice Plumley. And there were several in this game that were unnecessary. And, and this is a big bugaboo for me. Penalties. Uh, they had seven penalties for 70 yards. They got to play cleaner. It was a message that they said since the game that they have to execute better, play more efficiently. Those sorts of mistakes can cost you, especially in a hospital road environment. Wow. Uh, penalties are always going to happen in opening games. I don't disagree with what you're saying of John Rice Plum. It's kind of wild. He doesn't slide. Just slide, man. Live to play another day. Secondary. I still have questions about the secondary, Trace. <laughs> Give it up some big plays there. I know it's six points only. They held Kent State to six points. Two field goals. What more yeah. What more do you want, Elo? What happens if they replay our actual offense? Uh, that concerns <laughs> We're me We're going to find bit. out a little bit more with Boise State, right? Well, and I left wondering – what happens if like a is Quadric Bullard the key? Like what happens if he gets hurt? Like are we are we thin in the secondary? I'm not sure. Uh, I still have some questions on the line, offensive line, depth wise. I'm not as sold as others, but uh, look, unlike you, I don't like these games because I don't. They're not interesting. Well, who do you want him to play in Week One? I mean, well, you're really not going to like Week Three when they welcome in Villanova. If you didn't like Kent State, you're not going to like Villanova. I think that's going to be an interesting question. Do you really think a team is better playing these games, or do you take the approach of a Boise State that goes to Washington and, and takes their lump, but now they kind of learn from that, or a Florida State and LSU that play each other? I mean, that's the big co topic in college football is, are you? and it's going to be interesting, Trace, with this conferences expanding. Are we going to see more of the UCF-Kent State-type games and lesser marquee games in non-conference as a result? That I don't like that part if that's the direction we're headed with college football as a whole. I understand why UCF's doing it. You got to get your home games. You got to get your reps in. But I don't think we learned a lot. I know we were reaching, but did we really learn anything here, Trace? Three scrimmages, right? They practiced against each other. Yeah. I think you need a tune-up game like this. And remember, they have a tough conference slate. So what kind of murderer's row do you want them on? There need to be some gimmies on the schedule. And Kent State coming up Villanova uh, will qualify as that. We talked about John Rice Plumley. There were a lot of other former UCF quarterbacks that made headlines in the first weekend. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, big game. How about Mikey Keene, your Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week? Uh, Thomas Castellanos, we saw him in Boston College, and, and Parker Navarro, his name resurfaced. So did UCF make the right decision? Did Gus Malzahn make the right decision with John Rice Plumley when you have all of these other quarterbacks lighting things up across the country? To be determined, right? Let's see how this all plays out. It's one game. I mean, Dylan Gabriel had his own scrimmage against, what, Arkansas State? Like, uh, that was, like, non-competitive. I mean, uh you know, Boston College struggled offensively. It wasn't like they were excelling. Mikey King did a nice win. But, you know, what was it? It was Purdue. Like, congratulations. What now you're bashing say, Purdue. You bashed Kent yes. State for UCF. Now you don't yeah. applaud Fresno State for going on the road and beating Purdue. Ooh, real complicated. Uh, congrats. <laughs> um, I do wonder. I will say this. Credit Josh Heupel for being able to evaluate quarterbacks, right? And they, I mean, a lot of these guys were in the room. Dylan Gabriel, they, these are talented quarterbacks that maybe, you know, didn't work out here, but this is 
going to be more of the norm, I think, now with the, the transfer portals across the country with quarterbacks spread out all over the place. That's what, what my thought was as I'm watching this. I was watching this all on social media play out as I was getting ready for a volleyball broadcast and how, you know, Josh Heupel and these guys evaluated good quarterbacks. Now, from a Gus standpoint, did he keep the right guy? I still think he did. I don't think Mikey King would be successful here. The Gabriel thing, I don't know what, you know, I don't even want to revisit that because we're probably going to revisit all of that during the Oklahoma week. But again, just one game. Let's see how the rest of the season plays out. But we got to get used to this, right? I mean, Trace, we're going to see more and more players out of the transfer that leave UCF that will probably do well. I saw one in person up with Florida State at Tatum Bethune, who's been tremendous at linebacker. This is not just a quarterback thing. It's other positions. We just have to get used to that and accept it. Chris Boyle, Daytona Beach News Journal, asking Coach Gus Malzahn on Monday during the availability about the success of the quarterbacks. And Coach Malzahn, of course, very diplomatic, said that wishes them all well. Of course, they're, he said, going to see one of them again later on in the season. So I thought it was interesting how he singled that out. Perhaps he doesn't wish Dylan Gabriel the greatest level of success. By the way, uh, yes, uh, Josh Heupel, uh, evaluator of quarterbacks. There were other things, though, that he left bare in the cupboard for Coach Gus Malzahn so, and staff to, to rebuild. So has an eye for talent. Of course, we're finding, right, with the transfer portal, it's finding the right fit for you, and it is simply week one. Right. Let's see how this plays out over the course of the season before we – uh, Agree. Make a final evaluation. Are you rooting for them? Are you rooting for Thomas Castellanos to do well? Are you rooting for Mikey King to do well, Trace? Are you rooting him to fall flat, uh, flat on their face? I asked a series of uh, questions, uh, poll questions on my Twitter at SignPez. And, uh, you know, that very question, are you rooting for Thomas? Are you rooting for Mikey? Are you rooting for Dylan? Uh, Mikey Keene, I'd buy him a beer anytime. He beat the Gators in the Gasparilla Bowl. I don't think Thomas Castellanos made the best decision because I think he could have put himself in position in Orlando. And ah, just Dylan Gabriel rubs me the wrong way, especially the way he was portrayed in the ESPN Plus series. So he, I uh, don't wish as much success for. So that is our look at uh, former UCF quarterbacks. And let's bring back in Adam Eaton. A little silly game time, Adam. It is silly gate time, but before we get there, friends, I want to remind everybody about our official sponsor, the Sultry Spirit. So what is the Sultry Spirit, you ask? I'm glad you asked. They are mobile bartending service. They have all your needs. If you want a wedding, corporate event, party, tailgate, whatever you want, their talented bartenders will shake up the perfect drinks and keep the good times following you. So if you want to add a little extra magic to your next event, let the Sultry Spirit take the party to the next level. Here's what you do. Follow them on Instagram at the sultry spirit. You get recipes, you get bartending knowledge, you get tips and tricks. And if you contact them either on Instagram or at the phone number 941-567-7062, use the code word. I like a good code word, by the way. Code word sons of UCF. You'll get 10% off and a special gift for your next event as well. Miles is the proprietor of the Sultry Spirit. He's a, uh, a UCF alum. Always good to support UCF alums. Again, follow on Instagram or give them a call, 941-567-7062. Gentlemen, that is the Sultry Spirit. Again, a, a proud sponsor of Around the Kingdom. Thank you, Sultry Spirit. All right, silly game time. True, false. Very easy this, this time, gentlemen. I've got a statement. I'm going to, and you tell me if it's true or if it's false. Here is the first one for you. By the end of this season, Xavier Townsend, will be wide receiver number one for UCF. Eric Lopez, true or false? Ooh, I won't say he's wide receiver one, false, but I do think he'll be playmaker one. So 
I'm going to say false because you asked about wide receiver. I'll say false, but I think he'll be a playmaker one. Trace. My offensive MVP, I got to go with uh, So Somebody's bragging yeah. about their picks. <laughs> After, By the way, I say that week one, it's too early to evaluate, but I love my offensive and defensive MVPs. <laughs> Well, I, I thought it was interesting. He got a lot of balls early in the game, and I think there was a concerted effort late in the game to feed Javon Baker and Kobe Hudson, so maybe something to, to watch out for. Well, step up and catch a ball then, you okay? And then you don't want wow. to worry about that. Whoa. Wow, I didn't. Wow. No, that's not on the script here. All right, here, here, here's the next one. Colton Boomer is our new kickoff specialist, obviously our field goal kicker as well. So, Trace, this one for you. It's smart to have Colton Boomer as a kickoff specialist, true or false? Not a fan of this. There are other talented kickers on the roster, I think, over the course of the season, especially with how much he kicked off in this first game. And then against Villanova, you're going to do the same thing where they score eight, nine times. I think over the course of the season, and I think when and we've had, the, you know, kickers previous like Daniel Barsky talking about the fatigue that occurs over the course of the season. I think you got too many kickers. Now, I don't know what they see in practice. We don't ever get to see the kickers kick. Uh, so we don't know. But uh, why, why use him when you have other kickers uh, on the roster? So. I'm not a big fan. Other kickers. He's a kicker. What else is he doing throughout the rest of the game? Are There's you fatigue when you're kicking off fatigue? eight, nine times. Kicking the ball, poor guy. Like, get out of here. Like, he's not making tackles, playing 80 snaps. If he's the best kicker and he has the best leg on the team, of course you use him on the kickoff. you got to play field position. What, are we going by committee with kickers? Get out of here. What, what, what's, what's wrong with you? Well, Peter? they did oh, last yeah. season. They had a different guy kicking off last season. I'm fine with a different guy kicking off. I disagree. No, get him. give me the best kickoff guy. Silly. We have two different guys doing separate roles. Give me the best guy. If that's the same guy, then so be it. And if he's the best guy for the kickoffs, let him use him. Well, that's why we're going to keep you for the next half of the show because we don't have another guy. All right, all right. Stop, stop yelling at each other. Last one for you here. I'll go with you first, Eric. Here we go. Obviously, UCF goes to Boise this week. If they win this game, will this be the biggest regular season win that Gus Malzahn will have in UCF? True or false? False. I will say that the uh, regular season win – is the Cincinnati conference. I know it's a conference game, but last year's Cincinnati win was big. Uh, you know, Cincinnati was a top highly ranked team. I think that really brought a lot of optimism and rankings from a recruiting standpoint. That Cincinnati game was pretty special. I would still rank that ahead. Uh, but certainly you can make the case that it will be by far the best, biggest road win they've had to date. Hopefully it's not the last one, but that could maybe give them some confidence moving forward to get some marquee conference wins on the, the big 12, which they may have to, they want to compete. Uh, put me down for a false uh, on this being the biggest road win. Had Boise beaten Washington, maybe there'd be a little more luster on this game. Not as important. Can't get out of there with a loss, but not the biggest. And uh, I still think we talked about Mikey Keene earlier uh, winning the Gasparilla Bowl. I still think that's the most important win for Gus Nelson. I said regular season. You said regular season. Oh, regular season, but still no. Okay. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks, thanks for clearing that up, gentlemen. Good luck. Oh, my goodness. Well, speaking of the Big 12, Trace, you beloved. Now, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I'm, I'm... Not an int- good weekend for the Big 12 in week one. Uh, TCU lost a future Big 12 rival, Colorado, in prime. And Deion Sanders letting everybody know about it. Uh, losing Baylor, UCF's home opponent in the Big 12. They lost to Texas State. What? 
And then Trace Troco's beloved Red Raiders. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Oh, no. Blowing a big lead in Wyoming and losing in overtime, Trace. Trace, what is going on in the Big 12? Well, I don't think Brett Yormark was particularly happy with the results that you just mentioned. And Baylor's got a tough one now on the road at Utah. Uh, shows you the parity, right, in, in college football and how you can transform your roster uh, through the transfer portal. I mean, look at what Colorado did. We'll see what, again, they do over the course of the season, but changed out the whole roster. Uh, congrats to G.J. Kinney, a former UCF uh, coach who did well at Texas State. Rising star, young guy, uh, has had success uh, at his various stops. I don't think it's the best weekend uh, for the Big 12. I think it puts into question, will any of these teams uh, qualify for the uh, playoffs? You know, have already with a win over Kent State, you're talking about uh, power rankings that have UCF in the top three, top four in the Big 12. That shows you uh, that uh, teams like Baylor TCU did not do what they were supposed to do week one. And already hot seat talk for Baylor's head coach. So uh, you can't lose. Uh, you can't in Texas Tech's case. You can't blow that lead uh, that they have at Wyoming. Uh, certainly not a good look. Those losses uh, for the Big 12 in week one. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a great team in the Big 12. We're going to learn a lot about Texas this week at Alabama. If you're the Big 12, the worst-case scenario is you have Oklahoma and Texas be the two best teams in the league in their final year. Uh, yeah, I, I think the good news for UCF, I think there's opportunities to win some games here because I don't think it's a super deep league. It's a decent – it's a nice league. There's a lot of teams that are not bad, but they're not great. But we, we're bearing the lead here. I got to speak on behalf of many of our audience and our fans – we, we, you can't duck this, Trace. Your beloved Red Raiders, the team that you picked as a guarantee to beat UCF as a team you said would be uh, could be a top ten team sleeper out of the Big Twelve. How do you how do you justify this? Justify this. You can't justify them losing to Wyoming and blowing the seventeen point lead. I have not changed my position that it is a tough wow. road game for UCF towards the end of the season. But it's so far away. Anything can happen over the course of the season. You don't know who's going to be playing, who's going to be injured. You don't know any of those things by the time you get to that Wait, game. Hold on, so. hold on. You're soft playing this. You didn't say that, that it would be a tough – nobody's disagreeing that it's a tough – you guaranteed a – I'm not backing lose. off that UCF is going to lose at Texas Tech. I'll eat my words later that? on in the season, but I am not backing off that. Unbelievable. After what – wow, that is unbelievable. I can see well, we'll why see what the fan base says if UCF goes to Boise State and doesn't leave with a win. Okay, because it's going to be that kind of difficult road environment. Uh, so I'm not backing off. I, I, it's You're doubling I down. Don't put a lot of stock. I, I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in week one. I, I think there's a lot of overreaction going on in week one. So I'm not ready to to bail on Texas Tech after week one. Still <laughs> unbelievable. Red Raider Trace. <laughs> holding it there. What What are you, Cliff King? You think Cliff Kingsbury's quarterback in there, Patrick Mahomes? I mean, they were not impressive. I mean, they got kicking issues there, too. They got a fix over there at Texas Tech. How about Josh Allen ripping Patrick Mahomes on social media? Wow, uh, yeah, the no of trash the talking going fun. on there. Baylor was the most disappointing team. I agree. That was stunning to them. They looked terrible there. And TCU, I said. I TCU think did down. not look good. No, I, mean, I think they're down. They, I think that was a fluke. Well, they lost a lot of guys from last year. I think last year was a fluke. They lost their offense coordinator, too. The positive, if you're Brett Yormark, you might have prime Deion Sanders in your league next year. That could be fun. Add a little juice there for the Big 12 in Colorado, uh, adding there next year. But my goodness. Texas, Alabama. Arizona, something Just to get Texas used to. Win. An Arizona game ended around 3 in the oh. morning the other day. Get used to that. Texas, Alabama, who you got? Bama. 
Texas got to prove me something. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, Texas is not back until they win a game like this uh, against Alabama. And they still could do well in the Big 12, but I don't see them winning against Alabama. Uh, UCF game. Let's talk about the broadcast. I know that's something that you pay a great deal of attention to. You study the ratings. Ratings not good for this one. And the announcers didn't even bother to show up. <laughs> oh, they did. Uh, maybe they were intimidated by you or something, Trace. I don't know. Yeah, the number's not good. Down from last year's Oklahoma State game in the same slot in FS1. It was You could say it was a blowout. And I think only have about over 300,000 viewers. Look, FS1, it just doesn't draw big numbers like ESPN and ESPN2 does. Obviously, had stiff competition from Florida and Utah, which did a big number on ESPN. That's despite the whole cable drama that's going on with Disney and Charter, which obviously has Spectrum Cable. Most of Central Florida didn't watch. So maybe the UCF numbers would have been worse because people like other people may have just stuck with the UCF game. But no, in the production... It's, I don't blame the, the remote. It's weird. Fox still does remote broadcast for a lot of their college football games at FS1. And this same crew is going to be calling the UCF Boise State game. I'll be From where? Will they be in Idaho? No. Probably not. They'll probably do it from the L.A. studio. That was a, a viable yeah. excuse during COVID. But now this should not be the case. And, and they seemed – I mean, they're looking at monitors, right? You've called games in a variety of ways. You know the yeah. challenge that can come from that. And there were times, right, that they weren't exactly in what with, what, with what was happening because they're watching right. it off a monitor. They can't see the whole field. Well, you noticed that, too, when they saw the rocket launch. Like, hey, look, there's a rocket launch going on. What are you doing? They got to play it up. Like, it's kind of – and that's the other thing that's weird is, like, they're playing it up like if they're there or not. I don't blame the broadcasters. I blame more of the company uh, for that. Uh, there's no sideline reporter. I don't know. Some people might not care about that. I, the graphics, that was a bit of a polarizing topic. I didn't have a problem with the graphics. I thought the UCF logo thing was tilted. It felt weird. I looked at it. It's, hip, I gotta it's take, modern. This Boise game is on FS1. Talk about, I don't know if it's going to be great numbers either this weekend when it's going head to head against Texas and Alabama, which is the game everybody's looking forward to. It's probably going to draw close to 10 million viewers, which is about what the number was for LSU on, and Florida State. Florida State on ABC Sunday yeah. night. So it'll be interesting. UCF, not a big exposure in the first few weeks because then Villanova is on ESPN. Plus, the earliest they could be on ABC or ESPN is the Kansas State game. We won't know that until next week. And that could play a factor with some in the Central Florida market if this cable dispute has not been resolved. So uh, not ideal for UCF. I know some people like, you know, the, the two network thing, but unfortunately we're going to get used to it. We're kind of getting slighted, in my opinion, on the coverage. We'll see if that changes once they get to the Big 12. I think the bigger thing is it was down from a comparable game a year earlier that involved yep. Oklahoma State, which speaks a little bit to the brand, not so much the competition. And for what it's worth, the uh, Omaha-Nebraska game in which there were 90,000 people volleyball. in attendance outdrew it as well, and it was on Big Ten Network. So volleyball outdrawing UCF's opener against Kent State on FS1. Wow, that's not good. Uh, speaking of volleyball... Volleyball and a, a part of the Olympic sports this weekend at UCF. They went three and one in the UCF challenge with wins over Mississippi State, FIU, and Alabama State. Lost to Wake Forest in five sets. Meanwhile, men's soccer, Trace, you were there. They came from behind to beat NC State three to one and another ACC win. While women's soccer won its 500th program victory on Sunday over FAU two to one. Trace, what stood out to you? Uh, what stood out to me first on volleyball is the way this team is coming together. It was a question I asked of uh, head coach Jenny Maurer post game 
after the win on Sunday. Two weeks ago, we're talking about the post-McKenna-Melville era, and certainly names are, start, names are starting to come together now on this team. We're starting to identify some, some new stars. How about freshman outside hitter uh, Ava Armour? 6'5", by the way. She's 6'5", which is, goes to show you how Jenny Maurer has been recruiting size, which is going to be absolutely necessary. But she's developing into a very interesting player. And, and a, a guy on men's soccer who scored is the uh, freshman from Finland, uh, Seiku Heiskinen. Uh, he scored again, scored against Clemson, scored against NC State. So interesting to see some new names emerge for both of those programs with early season success. First of all, is the guy who called volleyball this past weekend. It's Ava Armour. Let's get that down straight. And I agree with you. Her and Abby Schomers, the setter, I think that's the future for UCF volleyball for the next four years, you hope. They're kind of, you know, take that next Olsen-Melville combo. Very young team. Lost at home to Wake Forest. They're going to have some tough losses. Had a chance there. Had a chance there. Had a chance. Yeah. yeah, 22-match win streak came to an end. But young group. Men's soccer, man. I watched the last 20 minutes of that match Friday coming over from volleyball. They turned it on. comeback win. Great comeback win, and they're doing it with everybody. It's a balanced offense. It hasn't been Luca Dorado here, Trace. I'm a believer. Which is good, team. right? Because you know Absolutely he can score, great. and we're finding other people that can score. And I think they're playing well defensively. They have a challenging week there. It was FIU's a big midweek match, but then you got Brown, which I'll be calling that Saturday night match against Brown. This team has got a chance to be a legit contender in the Sun Belt. We could have a case here, Trace, where UCF's first conference championship team in the big 12 era doesn't come from the big 12 doesn't come it from might from the be in the yeah. uh good stuff good luck with the broadcast as well bring back in adam eaton what do we get right give us some facts give us some knowledge adam all right, gentlemen, I, I'm glad Eric corrected you on that name, Trace. I was going to jump all over you on that one. You, so luckily you knew that he was one? Here for, you luckily knew that he was one? here first. Luckily he was here first. All right, some fun facts. Here we go first. Obviously, UCF traveling to Boise. Great feature, Trace, that you have on our YouTube channel right now with Brad uh, Anderson, who's the director of equipment on the mileage. Uh, so this is the second longest trip that UCF will make in the contiguous mainland. Obviously, they've been to Hawaii. They've been to Ireland. The second longest trip. Does anybody know what the first one was? Well, I thought this was it. Uh, Stanford. Stanford is correct. 2015, UCF went out yeah. to Stanford, 2,800 miles. You mentioned the Kent State win, by the way. Yes, it was a nice blowout win, but it also gives us the series edge back. 3-2 UCF, ah. now Kent State. Take that, <laughs> take Golden that, Joshua Crimson. Yeah, take, take that. Take that. You mentioned uh, penalties, Elo. Is that a concern for you, something you did not enjoy? UCF's in the bottom three in the Big 12 in penalties after after one week. You mentioned offense, by the way. UCF ranked second in the nation in total yards, 723, only trailing Oregon, although UCF is number one in rushing yards in the nation right now, 389 per game. Speaking of Oregon, you think Baylor is a tough task this week. Red Raider Trace, are you going to be watching the Texas Tech Oregon game because Oregon Texas Tech play this weekend so they could also start off 0-2 uh, on this one as well ouch I don't, guess, I don't guess I'm shaking this Red Raider nickname that has now come to not me. as long Oregon as it's going on. Yeah. no, no. Uh, one more thing uh, Boise State's Smurf Turk dates back to 1986 Elo did you know that the school has trademarked this blue turf any school that wants to use a color other than green has to get permission from Boise State as Eastern Washington is done with the red field, teal at Coastal Carolina, and the uh, purple-gray of Central Arkansas. Smart business. That'd be good. If UCF had a color of turf other than green, what would you do? What would you Gold. Oh, <laughs> Entire <yeah>. gold <laughs> field. Certainly not Canaveral 
blue. Look for new episodes midweek of Around the Kingdom on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Drops also on the audio feed for Eric Lopez and Adam Eaton. I'm Trey Strelko. Thank you for being with us for Around the Kingdom. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.